0: welcome to faithful justice where we are inspired by faith to seek justice my name is brian harrington And I am so thankful that you have joined us for another episode of Faithful Justice. The homily for the third Sunday in Lent, entitled Bearing Fruit, is based on Luke chapter 13, verses 1 through 9. Let us begin with prayer. God of steadfast love, imagination of the ages, You offer to all that world where all thirst is quenched, all the hungry are fed, all strangers become family. Jesus, friend of the poor, brainstormer of the kingdom, you dare to envision that world where we do not waste a single person, but offer hope to those in despair. Bring light into every shadow. Embrace the lonely and broken. Spirit of discernment, artist of our lives, you inspire us not to toss aside any of the gifts of God, but to offer peace to angry hearts, to share joy with mourners, to welcome those whose ways are not ours God in community holy in one continue to nurture us with steadfast grace amen let us now hear the words of Luke thirteen, one through 9 and listen for the word of the Lord At that very time, there were some present who told Jesus about the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mingled with their sacrifices. He asked them, do you think that because these Galileans suffered in this way, they were worse sinners than all other Galileans? No, I tell you, but unless you repent, you will all perish as they did. Or those 18 who were killed when the tower of Siloam fell on them? Do you think that they were worse offenders than all the other people living in Jerusalem? No, I tell you. But unless you repent, you will all perish just as they did. Then he told this parable. A man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard and he came looking for fruit on it and found none. So he said to the man working the vineyard, See here, for three years I have come looking for fruit on this fig tree, and still I find none. Cut it down. Why should it be wasting the soil? He replied, Sir, let it alone for one more year until I dig around it and put manure on it. If it bears fruit next year, well and good. But if not, you can cut it down. Well, Friends, for the word of God in Scripture, for the word of God among us wherever we are, and for the word of God within us, thanks be to God. The scripture lesson that we just read almost seems to contain two disconnected sections. In the first half of this passage, Jesus is responding to two questions that are similar to the more famous question Jesus is posed in the Gospel of John about the man born blind. Of whose sin caused this disability. In other words, what wrongful action did someone do that such punishment was deserved? And the second part of the passage is a seemingly unrelated parable about a fruit tree that is not bearing fruit, which the person working the garden saves from the vineyard owner's wrath and haste to cut down. In the first part of the story, the perceived punishments were first, several people from Galilee were executed and defiled by the infamous Roman governor of Judea, Pontius Pilate. And second, 18 people in Jerusalem were killed in the collapse of a a large stone tower. What, Jesus is asked, did these People do to deserve to die. The short answer is that no one deserved to die. The longer answer is that none of the people who died were any more deserving of death than any of Jesus's hearers. I think it is important to frame Jesus's answer not as Jesus saying that we are all worthless sinners who deserve to die, which on some level may be true, but to hear Jesus saying that no one is horrible enough to deserve a tragic death. None of the Galilean people were worthy of Pilate's murderers whims, And none of the 18 people, perhaps they were even the builders of the tower, were worthy of being crushed in its collapse. And to the question from John's Gospel, the man's blindness was not the result of anyone's sin. We matter more to God than that. Sacred human life is not subject to divine wrath because of one or one million mistakes. We know from our lived experience that many people, like one of my fellow choir members last week or my dad almost a decade ago, were truly good people who at least in my calculations, deserved having their lives cut short far less than those who use their long life to oppress, destroy, and kill other people, seemingly with impunity. Why did John not survive his complex but routine surgery? when Vladimir is killing people indiscriminately, including pregnant mothers and young children. Why did Abner succumb to melanoma only years before miraculous medical advances saved the sainted Jimmy, when Andrew used his wealth and privilege abuse the powerless and when Lindsay, presumably under duress, spews hatred and destructive lies that he himself detests for, for the preservation of his dignity and power. Understand me, I do not want anyone to die. But we cannot pretend that there is any justice or fairness in death. For Jesus said in the Gospel of Matthew that the rain falls on both the just and the unjust. A drought and its resulting bad harvest is not divine punishment, nor is a tragic death so what does any of that have to do with a fig tree that was spared despite its failure to actually grow any figs we often think of God in this parable as the owner of the vineyard the one who wants to cut down the barren tree but relents giving the tree one more year to bear fruit. In this reading, God is mad at someone or someone's, perhaps Israel, the church, you and me, who have not been faithful to the purpose for which they were created. Yet the vineyard owner, presumably God, is reluctantly convinced to give the person or people one more opportunity to do what is right and be saved. According to this interpretation, God angrily gives one more chance for things to change, and if they do not, punishment will swiftly follow. But the author and theologian, Diana Butler Bass, has a different interpretive suggestion. She proposes that we understand the vineyard owner not to be an angry god that relents, but someone more like Vladimir or Pilate, who have a wanton disregard for human life, valuing people only insofar as they are producers of wealth and power. In this reading, the fruit tree has provided no value to its owner for three years. So the heartless man sees only one logical outcome. Cut it down. To Bass, then, the divine character in this parable is not the vineyard owner, but the man working in the vineyard. The one Who sees value and worth even in a fruitless tree? It is God, then, who thwarts the destructive instinct of the vineyard owner and assigns value to the one who is worthlessly barren. To God, even the fruitless tree has worth. To God, Even you and me, no matter who we are or what we have done, have incalculable worth. We are all worthy of life and hope. And those Galileans who were executed and defiled, they were people of infinite worth. And those 18 people crushed in the tower's collapse, they mattered to God. And the babies and mothers and sons and grandfathers killed in Ukraine and Yemen, Ethiopia and Eritrea, Afghanistan and Myanmar, they are beloved children of God. And in the parable, the vineyard keeper strove to create an environment in which the previously fruitless tree could thrive, loosening the soil and providing the nutrients the tree needs to bear fruit. And perhaps God is offering that opportunity to you the possibility to thrive and live abundantly and perhaps god is calling us to offer that opportunity to others too in the end tragedy cannot be completely avoided. But being a victim of misfortune is no more the result of divine judgment than being a billionaire who prodigally flies himself into space a result of divine blessing. Indeed, God loves us all. And desires that we, in spite of the powers we cannot control, use the resources and the giftedness that we do have to create the possibility of abundance for ourselves and everyone else. Because God loves us, God wants us to bear much fruit. Amen. Let us pray. O oh God who created us, we admit that we want you to protect us and the people we love from all harm. And when tragedy strikes, we are too quick. To blame you but remind us again of your love not just for us but for all of your creation and strengthen us to work alongside you in the vineyard of creation to co-create a world that is fair and just a world where we can all Thrive, and bear much fruit. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us today for Worship with Faithful Justice, where our deepest faith commitments inspire us to seek justice for all of God's beloved children. Visit us online anytime at Faithful Justice. .org to find written versions of each week's homily on the blog, and find other resources as we add them, too. You can also sign up on the website to get an email alert each time there is a new podcast or blog post. The theme music for our podcast is Lift Every Voice and Sing by James Weldon Johnson and J. Rosamond Johnson. The opening prayer is by the Reverend Tom M. Schumann. Scripture is from the new Revised Standard Version, updated edition. Diana Butler Bass's wonderful reflections on this passage are available at dianabutlerbass.substack.com. And the benediction is by William Sloan Coffin, Jr. My name is Brian Harrington. And until we meet again next week, may you have the grace never to sell yourself short. Grace to risk something big for something good. And grace to remember that the world is far too dangerous for anything but the truth and far too small for anything but love. Go in peace, my friends. Amen.